Today is a special favorite topic of mine. I'm going to walk you through what are your spiritual guides, how do you access them, and why it is important. Now, you might be saying, Erica, why is this podcast called Modern Mania, and now we are talking about spiritual who? Don't worry, I'm going to detail all of it for you and bring it together. But the intention of the podcast is to help cap the mania of modern day life and find peace, resolve, and most importantly, happiness in everyday life. And I don't know any better way to do that than to tap into your spiritual guides and helpers that are always available. There's a lot of information and misinformation out in the world about spirituality, spirit guides, angels, and even the idea of the devil or evil forces. First and foremost, I'm going to say this. There is never, ever, ever, ever anything scary, harmful, dark, or evil about your spiritual source energy or your spiritual guides. Source energy or spirit, as some like to call it, it's simply pure positive energy behind this stream of consciousness coming into the planet, and you are an extension of that energy. Religions call it God. It's all the same thing. It is a pure energy that creates worlds and is present in everyone and everything. Years ago, I used to say to my coaching clients, you are a unique expression of God that came here to experience life. And I meant it. Every single one of us is a unique expression Nobody on this planet is exactly the same in our vibrational frequency, and that's what makes us unique, worthy, and valuable in this life. Simply put, each one of us are a unique expression of source energy living here in this physical domain, creating and experiencing life to fill in the gaps of what's missing in the overall interconnected frequency. Before I delve directly into spiritual guides, I want to back up and address some philosophical and religious aspects of how we came to this idea that we need to acquire spiritual guidance outside of ourselves rather than relying on our own connectedness to our spiritual center. Many people have this idea that the process of connecting with spiritual guides, spiritual helpers, The spirit world is an external process, something that exists outside of them as a being, when nothing more could be further from the truth. Before modern-day religion, indigenous people believed in a communion of nature. They believed in different energies or spiritual guides that helped facilitate earthly happenings. Specifically in Europe, there was a strong pagan culture, which honored the seasons nature, and created traditions around a symbiotic relationship with earth and the heavens. When Christianity came about, there was this political move to unite the people, primarily to decrease uprising of tribal people when the monarchies or established authority was trying to take and control land and resources. The pagan people were not quick to give up their deep connection with their spirituality, so religious and political rulers began calling pagans heathens framing them as evil or bad and creating these ideas about heaven and hell, which created fear within the people who had already converted to Christianity and portrayed the tribal people essentially as godless animals. 
In the meantime, these same authority and monarchies were, or the people working on their behalf, were working to convince pagans to convert in order to gain greater control. So the church began to adopt some of the practices of the pagan tribes as a way to appease or soften the transition to one God, one religion. The monarchies knew that if they could unite all the land's people under one religion, one commonality, that it would increase their overall power and control to guide the people towards one outcome, which was the outcome that was in the greatest favor of, of course, the leaders. This is why you'll see in Catholic religion the practice of saints, angels, holidays that are celebrated that are actually rooted in pagan traditions, holidays like St. Valentine's Day and Christmas. Sorry, friends, I hate to break it to you, but Christmas was actually a celebration of the winter solstice, and to cover it up but keep the pagans satiated, the Catholic Church made it the day of Jesus' birth, even though in historical records, Jesus was born in the spring. Now, I'm not trying to blow your religion. There certainly is great value in everyone's belief. I am, however, trying to help you understand this illogical path humans began to go down where they separated from their inner power and connection to God and began to rely on outside guidances as a primary factor of influence. Now you might ask, well, isn't relying on spiritual guides an outside source of guidance? Not exactly, and I'm going to explain why in a minute. But first, I want to address the idea of separation theory, which is the idea that man and God are separate and that our life existence is based on affecting into the goodness of God's eyes in order to once again achieve the worthiness to be back in God's presence, and, of course, not until we die. The teaching and acceptance of separation leads humans down a path of seeing themselves as some shade of good or bad, and God is a separate entity from them who is awaiting a judgment on men when they return to God's presence in some shade of goodness or badness that they've lived their life. The ability of two sides of the post to exist creates a belief that we are not part of God, but that we are separate from God, that we are here on earth in a separate energy from God, living out this life to see how good or bad we're going to basically end up and then face the day of judgment before God to get graded on how we did essentially. These ideas seem to contradict themselves when you think that we are often told from religious sources that we are children of God and yet somehow we remain unworthy and separated from God. In reality, there is no separation between us and God, with the exception of the separation that we begin to create through our rejection of acceptance that we are part of God. Now, stay with me for a moment. The Bible says God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent, which in essence means God is everywhere, in everything, all-powerful, and all-knowing, in which case we must acknowledge that God is also within us, not separate from. Historically speaking, this became functional and a politically driven force to, for people to believe they were not good enough to be an extension of God. It took away the power of the people and their ability to connect to their inner guidance and instead served to brainwash people into believing that in order to gain God's favor, you must work hard, live simple, and toil for a lifetime. 
This served wealthy landowners, politicians, and religious leaders who instead lived comfortable and, in some cases, lavish lives at the expense of others' hard work and suffering. It is no wonder that as people's consciousness expands, their willingness to tolerate being overworked and threatened by fear tactics isn't working. The pagan and indigenous populations were well-connected to source energy. They viewed the world through a lens of connectedness, understanding the energies and the cycles of season and life. This was an opposite position that religious bodies took historically, who served to take over lands and people for their own benefit and gain. Many religions were formed through connection of political figures, kings, emperors, czars, monarchs, whatever you want to call them. Leaders in power or leaders wanting to come into power saw religion as a way to challenge people into submissiveness and gain control of the people and the land for their own benefit. Of course, religion is not all bad. Many good things have come and still come from religious affiliation. But the essence of this discussion is that through the contrasting dynamic that was going on, people began relying less on their inner guidance system and relationship with the natural world around them and began believing that God could only be connected with when you went to a certain place on a certain day and participated in a certain ritual led by someone chosen by God. When in reality, you can connect with God, or as I like to call it, source energy, anywhere any time for any reason, without any need to use any other means except your own desire to be still and listen. Over centuries, the creation of angels, the devil, prophets, animal totems, crystals, fairy people, etc., were thought up to create a symbolic understanding and more human perspective about spiritual guides. This lent once again to a separation between humans and God, believing that in order to connect with God, you needed something outside of you to connect with. Today, I propose to you something than this separation theory. I propose to you an inclusion theory, which lends to the idea that spirit is within you all of the time, always, and the only separation comes from you separating yourself out from your source energy through the process of vibrational disharmony. The disharmony comes in many forms. Thoughts we think that form beliefs and stimulate emotional reactions, the things we put our energy into, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the conversations we have, the things we do in our spare time. But mostly the disharmony comes from the inability to acknowledge that we, you, You are an extension of our creator source energy, which is not just one being, but a host of infinite beings and intelligence that streams through every cell of your being. So let's start off with this. Everything is energy. Everything. That energy is vibrational in nature, meaning a frequency at a certain level. Everything has a frequency. And there are as many different frequency combinations as there are unique Spotify playlists. Thoughts are streams of frequency. When a thought is thought over and over, it becomes a belief. And as it becomes part of the stream of consciousness, other people become part of the stream of consciousness as they are having a similar thought. We live in a vibrational universe, which means thoughts turn to things. These thoughts turning to things i.e. experiences in life where we perceive and experience what we believe to be true, 
happens through a universal law called the law of attraction. Every single person on this planet has an inner being or a higher part of themselves that connects to source consciousness, or for some people, we'll call it God. This inner being is not just one singular entity, but a consciousness of non-physical that includes anyone you've ever known or will know who are not currently on this planet, as well as those we don't know or we don't know yet. For some, it may be masters, teachers, or guides who hold a strong desire to help guide you to what is beneficial and joyful for you. Over the centuries, we've made up a lot of names for spiritual guides, but in essence, most of what humans call them are just symbolic aspects of what the real energy truly is. For instance, angels came into existence through beliefs that were characterized in religious text as what simply was nothing more than energy or source being broadcast into consciousness in a way that man could translate it into an acknowledgement or be able to identify it into something that made sense to their human mind. It's not to say angels are not real, but angelic energy is more like a symbolic energy that is grouped together in non-physical and made up of many energies that then characterize what we know as humans as what we call angels. I know it may seem confusing, but I want to really delineate this for my listeners. When non-physical interacts with you, that energy comes through your senses. What I teach in my intuitive development classes, energy that you can see, touch, taste, smell, and most importantly, feel. And when things feel good, you are in alignment with a high frequency or something that is beneficial for you. And if it feels good, it is in alignment with the same perspective as your inner being. Win-win. If it doesn't feel good, you are thinking or feeling in a way that is not in alignment with your higher being. Sometimes you are energy sensitive and you're picking up frequencies in the environment that have nothing to do with you, but your attention to them or a belief you hold about them keeps you connected into that frequency. Think walking into a room where people just had a fight and you can feel a thick, dreadful energy hanging around. Because it is your inner being's highest desire for you, and in reality, within your highest desire for yourself to have the best feeling experience you can while you're here in this lifetime, non-physical or your spiritual guides will constantly be sending you messages through two things, blocks of thought that you're translating through your senses into meaning, and then whatever other physical energies that they can get your attention on. Animals, songs, color, paranormal happenings that are actually just energy happenings. Things like coins or feathers being dropped or found. Nature of any kind. Sensations. Other people popping up. Sometimes we call them earth angels. On and on we go. For instance, humans have found strong energy associations with almost everything on our planet. Bears mean strength. Rose quartz crystals symbolize the energy of love. The color green is healing. These symbolic means are easily translatable ways non-physical and or your spiritual guides are in communication with you trying to relay blocks of information or thought to you in order for you to get the message and get on the path of your inner being. 
Many years ago, I was told by a shaman that my animal totem was a red-tailed hawk. For decades, even before I knew this information, whenever I was particularly frazzled or feeling off in unproductive thought, a beautiful red-tailed hawk would fly into my path in some way. I remember really specific times, like the first time I moved out of my home state and away from my family, and the weeks leading up to it, when I was in the planning stage, I continually saw not just one, not just two, but a handful, up to a dozen of red-tailed hawks lined up in different places. It almost was like an unreal experience. And when I would tell people, they didn't even believe me because it was such an uncommon occurrence. But these sightings of the hawk and the continued interaction with the red-tailed hawk is something that for me was translating into my being through my senses and my into my consciousness on levels I didn't even know messages from my spirit that were really telling me that everything was going to be okay to not worry to clear my mind to focus and to just know that I wasn't alone every time now that I see a red-tailed hawk appear a huge smile lights up on my face as I know that I'm connecting into my guides, my inner being, and the truth of the reality that everything is going to be okay because in truth, everything is always okay anyway. When I teach my professional intuitive development course to students, I always tell them, whatever comes up in a reading or whatever symbolic meaning that you are gaining from whatever you're seeing or feeling or thinking, that's the important thing. What does it mean to you? Because whatever comes up in a reading means what it means to you, the reader, because you're the interpreter of the message. What maybe a red-tailed hawk means for me might mean something different to you. And then we have other general conscious meanings that we've come up with together where if we read about the spiritual meaning of a red-tailed hawk, you might be able to pick out one or two things that resonate with you. And that's because everything has vibrational frequency and meaning. It's all about being receptive and allowing the message to flow in. Often spirit will send a physical message to get your attention and then download this block of thought, which is the actual message or meaning, because you've got to have your mind focused away from what you're worrying about or away from what's not really a good focus for you in order to have that moment of delight or surprise or happiness or joy or peace so that the message, the true message can get in and get through from your spiritual guides and your inner being. Because we as humans have these preconditioned ideas about what it is to be a spiritual guide or to have spiritual guides the inner being, your inner being, is going to get the message to you in any way you can allow it to or in any way that you can accept it. So, in short, the thing I really want to say to you is your receptivity will determine if you can line up with the messages you are being sent. And while we might see signs in the outside world that are getting our attention to get the message downloaded, so to speak, the message is always coming through your internal point of 
contact, which is coming in through your inner being and the other beings of non-physical that are trying to interact with you in order to help you progress along your path in this life. My mission today wasn't to deter you from this idea of what you've believed to be true about spiritual guides. In fact, the contrary. It is absolutely true that we have a massive amount of non-physical beings shining their energy and their light down through us and to us as a way to help support us and give us guidance in this lifetime. What you call them isn't really important, but what is important is to acknowledge that People that you've known in this lifetime that have passed, people that you've known in other lifetimes that have that are not here in physical in this lifetime, spiritual guides and energies and masters and teachers and all sorts of energy from non-physical is continually available to you. If you will allow yourself to open to a state of receptivity. Your guidance system is constantly streaming information and opportunities to help you get and stay on track of your biggest, most joyous desires. This inner being is not just one entity, but it's a multitude of source energies weighing in on your behalf. And again, you can call them whatever you want, but the important thing is that you line up as much as possible. And remember, there is no separation between you and source or you and God. You are one. You are an extension of, and therefore, you deserve to have all that you ever have or ever will want to transform into your life. But you have to do the work, and the work isn't the hard work that we often have been trained and conditioned into believing it is. The work is just lining up. You have to let go of resistance and allow receptivity of the breadcrumbs that are dropped along the trail. You have to acknowledge that when you ask, it is answered. But if you keep talking yourself out of it, you'll never find it. Work today to improve your inner guidance system, to stay more lined up more of the time. The universe will take care of the rest. And oh, the best way to do that, I know you're probably tired of hearing it, but quieting your mind through something like meditation, which is readily available and accessible to every person on this planet at any time. More to come about meditation and how it can truly benefit you not just by quieting mind and stopping the stress of your daily life, helping your physiology, improving sleep, there's so many things, but also how meditation is the key to stopping unwanted momentum in life and helping you connect with your inner guides to really get clarity and focus to move towards what you want. I'm Erica Dawn Page, your host of Modern Mania, and I... Thank you for being here, listening to this Education and Ideas podcast that really has the intent to help women, children, and families live the best version of their lives. I'll see you back here next week as we have another thoughtful and profound discussion about energy and spirituality.